Eddie Spaghetti, how the hell are you, buddy? Good. How are you, Glenn? I'm doing really well, really well. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining me today, and uh, even as you're uh, helping your kid with your math pro- with his math problems, that was uh, <laughs> yep. true true rock and roll right there, buddy. <laughs> got to do some got to do some dadding around while I'm home. That's right. That's right. Well, that's fun. Um, well, hopefully you get to get to get on the road here fairly soon, right? Yeah, October it looks like we'll be back at it. Um, so we're gonna gonna do a couple one-off shows coming up next month we got a show and then we got a one in september and but october is when we're going to actually get in the van and go do some a series of consecutive linear linear consecutive dates nice anything in seattle planned yet um no not yet but we'll we'll be up there i'm I'm sure before too long cool and it's funny a lot of people uh, i'll do this before we get into the intro stuff um but a lot of people, you know, consider you guys a, a Seattle band, even though you technically aren't, but you kind of are. How do you feel about that? Like, do you, do you feel a kinship with those bands? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we uh, we came up, you know, we moved to Seattle as a band in 1989. Right. And we're there. I lived there for 25 years. So mm-hmm. I definitely, you know, we we came out of our. You know, and we came out in Seattle as a mm-hmm. as a full on full blown rock and roll entity, and uh, I totally relate with the whole <clears throat> being a part of the Seattle scene and all that sort of thing. I think I think that's an it's an important part of our history. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and in fact, I just got a couple months ago, I guess the the, uh, the reissue of the Black Super Suckers demos, and it's great, uh-huh. man. I mean, absolutely great stuff. You know? Yeah, um, it's fun to it's fun to listen to that stuff still. Yeah, and I I didn't know until um, actually just now I was looking through the the insert of that album, and I didn't know that you guys had a different you had a lead singer at one point. I, I, yeah, when we moved when we moved to Seattle, we had a lead singer. We were a completely sort of different type of deal. Yeah, um, I, I felt really embarrassed. I was like, that's something that should have come up in my research, but it did not <laughs> until I read the insert. <laughs> Well, we, we've gone to efforts to bury that information, so. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, so for people who don't know, can you give me just a, a really brief history of the Super Suckers and, and um, yeah, just a brief history. How's that? Well, first there was a big explosion. Then the <laughs> earth cooled. <laughs> awesome. And, and then you watch the Big Bang uh, Theory. and Exactly. Yeah. Um, no, we, we started in Tucson in the 80s, and, um, you know, we were just... Um, five guys there was five of us when we started the band and um you know we were all friends from high school and we were all kind of um we'd all been in different bands a few of us were in bands together and um kind of disillusioned by what we were doing up to that point mm-hmm. and we we wanted to make a rock and roll band that was just like real rock and rolly like mm-hmm. wasn't overtly metal wasn't overtly punk was just more like a rock and roll band. I always looked at bands like the Ramones, mm-hmm. Motorhead, and ACDC as being sort of examples of that. You know, like bands that yeah maybe they were kind of metal, but they really weren't, and they were kind of punk, but they really weren't. There was right. they were just playing what I would consider to be real rock and roll music. Mm-hmm. So that was the template upon which we built the uh, what were called the Black Super Suckers back in the 80s, which was a terrible, terrible name. Uh, <laughs> we always intended to change it. You know, we, it was one of those situations where we had a show, we needed a name, and 
-hmm. Somebody suggested the cock hungry studs. <laughs> the cock and then love somebody it. said, no, how about the black super suckers? And that seems to be better than the cock hungry studs. So is, is there the, such uh, a thing as a black super sucker? Is that a real thing or is that just randomly come up with? I don't think so. It was a, uh, a, a name of a, of a, I'm sure a fine, fine feature film. <laughs> oh yes. Um, yes. Found in the back of a, back of an, an adult magazine right uh, we used to do this thing where we would kind of just kind of jam in our practice space and our singer at the time would look at magazines and just start reading the the names and various uh, phrases out of these magazines and you know we would record them and just get a good laugh about it and uh, that was it was one of the things he was singing about at the time so That's so funny <clears throat> like i i love that, the that name of the band Oh, sorry, I, I love that. That uh, I, I forget which song it's on, but um, where you've got the Willie Nelson doing his Super Suckers. I, I forget how it goes right now, but it's it's really funny, right? Super Suckers. That's I forget what it is, but really right, funny. right. He reminds me of a guy in a, in a bar. She comes up and says, "Super Pussy." <laughs> that's right. Says, yeah. Soup, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, please. I love it. I love it. I mean, yeah. that must have been incredible, right? Working with with Willie Nelson, right? Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, that's a highlight for sure. And yeah. just to have his number in my phone, you know, it's just been a, that's what do I get? You know, I don't get to hang platinum records on my wall or park a million cars in my giant garage, you know, right. or live in a giant mansion or sell out arenas or whatever, but I get these cool rock and roll moments. I get to be friends with Willie Nelson and Lemmy and, uh, you know, I've known Waylon Jennings and Steve Earle and, um, yeah, it's just like I get to have these relationships with pe with people who I revere and look up to, and um, you know you can't take that away. So it's it's a nice, it, it's better than getting a Grammy. Uh, I I would say so. I would say so. You know, I have a, I have a few friendships, not not quite of that caliber, but you know, it's it's really nice to have. It, it's it's a uh, it's almost it's it's validating to a certain extent, right? It's like well, it this is, this person yeah. that you really look up to actually also looks up to you and it's like that that's a really interesting and and fun and humbling place to be right yeah when willie nelson asked us to back him up on the tonight show i couldn't believe it you know and i was just yeah. like just blown away that we're this is this is something that we're really going to get to do and we did it and it was great mm -hmm. you know it's a, a treasured memory yeah no kidding man no kidding and you know he's and i promise we're going to get into you in just a second here but i mean willie is one of those guys that um he, he cuts across all genres and, and you know, demographics and, and whatever. He's just like, you know, he's a really interesting guy, you know? Yeah. Even if you don't like the music, he's just a really interesting human, you know, really compassionate right. and talented and, and whatnot. So, you know, kudos for that. Right. Kudos for that. How did the, uh, how did the Steve Earl thing come about? Um, well, it was kind of through Willie Nelson. Actually, we played a farm aid in, um, 95 i guess it was and that was the year steve got out of rehab and uh, was back out doing shows and he was on that bill as well and at the farm aid thing with uh willie and he saw us play there and came up to us and started talking to us and we were already fans of his obviously and um you know we just sort of hit it off then and uh being kindred spirits and whatnot we just sort of stayed in each other's orbit until um, he asked us to record, uh, I think it was NYC with him for the El Corazon record that he put out. Mm -hmm. And we recorded that track with him. And then we made an EP together 
um, that Sub Pop put out um, where we did uh, Before They Make Me Run by the Rolling Stones together. And um, we covered one of his songs and he covered one of ours. And, uh, you know, that was another great validating moment when Steve Earle is singing Creepy Jackalope Eye, which is kind of this goofy awesome. song that, you know, I made up. And, you know, and, but when he sings it, it sounds like real grown-up adult songwritering you know and i was just like right. wow that's a really that's a really cool song i made up you know and you know I, I never gave it the you know the credit it deserved i guess until he, he was able to uh see what was inside of it yeah it's it's funny i i had a ken Stringfellow on um in in november i guess it was and he was telling his story about ringo star you know and how, how ringo covered um i forget the song he covered right now but anyway um, we covered one of the Posey songs, right? And he was like, why would this guy cover it? You know, like it was absolutely insane. And then when Ringo was in town, he had him come up on stage and, and sing a couple songs with him. And he's like, I, I, you know, I don't even know how this happened. Like, it's just insane. Right. You know, it sounds, sounds very similar. Like it, those, those weird little moments of, of like kismet, you know, where things just suddenly like, oh, okay, here we are, <laughs> you know? Right, yeah. Yeah, it makes you realize that these guys, you know, although they're legends, they're just regular guys right. who like different things and they might like you at any given moment and decide mm -hmm. to, to, you know, like I will, I will play with the opening band on a tour with us, you know, all the time and not think anything of it. While for these guys, it's a huge deal. Wow. Eddie Spaghetti's coming up on stage with us, you know? Right. And for me, I'm just like, eh, you know, whatever it's. Yeah. just me i i don't give a shit yeah, yeah i mean you, you've got this you've got this really interesting attitude right and and i'm, I'm going to bring up um when you did the the there was a benefit for you at, at the tractor um a few years back um uh -huh. and you were the one selling the merch and i thought that was that, that was really cool like you know you were there you know, in the merch booth and i was like oh okay well that's you know that's you know humble that's it's like you know you're 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 a rock fan you know, and, and a rock star, you know, I'm like all together and like, you know, I think that's that it comes through in the music too, you know, that sort of. Yeah. I've, I've never placed an overly grandiose amount of importance on myself or, you know, or what we do, even mm -hmm. though to me, it's very important what we do. And I feel like we're as good as any band that's much more popular than us. I feel like we're as good as the Foo Fighters. We're as good mm -hmm. as you two, you know, we're as good as, any rock and roll band that's ever been mm -hmm. we're just not as popular so i you know that's the it's sort of the beauty of music is that you're able to you know you don't have to quantify it like sports where it's all about the numbers you know how many did, hits did this guy get how many home runs did he get it all that's how good a player you are whereas with music it's it's not the same it's more subjective you know it's not an objective thing it's subjective and you're able to tell yourself <laughs> that you're as good as the Foo Fighters when you know most people don't agree with that but mm -hmm. you know fuck them I, I I believe it I, I I believe it too man and and you know I think you guys share a uh an ethos with uh, uh bands like the Helicopters which is one of my favorite bands like it and even though the sound is obviously different I, I think it's a very similar sort of thing. You're, you know, you're a rock and roll band, you know, that goes out and you have a great time. You write great songs. Your fans love you, you know. Um, so that was a compliment, by the way, since I, I love the helicopters a lot. Yeah, I um, like them too. Yeah, and I, I do think there, there might be some stylistic um, um, similarities between the two of you as well. Um, now that I'm, I'm really sure. thinking about it. Um, 
yeah, but there are another band where, you know, when they, when they did finally come back a couple of years ago, um, people were rabid. They're like, oh my God, you know, there's, there's going to be a new Helicopters album. And everyone was like, you know, very, very, very excited about it. You know, and same with Super Suckers. So anyway, right. kudos on that, man. <laughs> that's, that's a good place to be. Um, when is the last, this is a question nobody likes to answer, but when is the last time you had a quote, real job? Have you been doing music the, the whole this whole time, or? Yeah, um, ninety two maybe wow, when I was able to quit my last job that I had, and um, uh, yeah, it's been it's been a good run for sure. And I was worried about it, you know, in the last year having to go and get a real job. I actually applied at the post office. Oh wow! <laughs> but you know, they the process was so uh, detailed and. Uh, I think I got hung up at like the third hurdle or whatever and didn't quite complete the process. But uh, luckily, I haven't had to worry too much about it. Um, you know, That's good. I've been able to keep the money trickling in through the videos I do online and mm -hmm. whatnot, you know, just enough to keep the lights on around here, keep mouths, keep the mouths fed and that sort of thing. But, exactly. No, I mean, that's, again, like there are very few people who can actually pull that off. Right. I mean, that's it takes a lot of, of moxie and and I'm sure a lot of terror, you know, on your part, like, oh, my God, you know, like rent is due in like three days. What do I do? Right. For sure. One hundred percent. And, you know, it's always it's always been a struggle for me, uh, no matter what. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, I'm out there doing what I love to do and making it work. So uh, I win. Yeah, I, I think you so, too. And, and this is actually a great segue. I, I told you I didn't write down questions, but I did. Um, so <laughs> this kind of ties in, like, do you consider yourself a romantic? I don't know. I mean, I, I romanticize certain things about, uh, the, the past, I suppose, uh, and the way, you know, we, and music oriented things, but, um, like, a, a my wife would be quick to tell you, I'm not at all romantic. <laughs> so <funny. laughs> I'm not a. I'm not a romancy kind of guy, but I am romantic about things, you know, like how we used to get music and, you know, how the discovery of new bands was when I was a kid and how much different it is for kids today and, right. you know, how much easier it is for, you know, you just click on your phone and you find new bands. And right. we had to actually go to like stores and dig through magazines and like, you know, just like buy records you know unbeknownst to at all what they sound like just based on what they look like you know and absolutely there's a lot of it more exploratory uh, research going on when i was a kid which oh, made yeah. it fun you know made music more you know, important to me i think um than it is to kids today i suppose absolutely i mean one some of my favorite memories are, are going <laughs> to a record store and finding a label that had or first of all finding the album that has really interesting cover art Right. That was that was number one. Right. Cool cover art. I'm just going to buy this, you know, and see what it's all about, um, I, which could bite you in the ass like Molly Hatchet, for example. Cool artwork. Right, exactly. Not so cool of a sound. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, once you found that, then you're like, OK, well, let's try other stuff from this label. Right. And so you like just expand without even knowing anything about the bands. You would, you know, start discovering this great music. Right. You know? And we don't have that anymore. I mean, kind of. You know, Spotify or whatever will, will, you know, recommend stuff. And every once in a while they hit the mark, but it's not very, not very often. No. Yeah. And I appreciate the effort, I suppose, of the, you know, algorithm or whatever it is they create that's based on my tastes. And they're, you know, they try to play me stuff that I, I would like. And sometimes mm -hmm. they do. And 
And uh, I'm, I'm always appreciative when I'm turned on to something new that I like through however I get it. Right. Because I feel like I'm so old now and stuck in my ways that, you know, <laughs> I don't want, I don't need anything new. You know, I've, I've, they've already, Rolling Stones have already written Brown Sugar. There's no need for anybody to write another rock and roll song. Right. You know, right. I just, <laughs> but, you know, I'm compelled to do it. So mm -hmm. I want people to be interested in what I'm doing. And, and you know, it's not fair for me to not uh, give everybody else a fair shake as well. How do you feel about things like Spotify? I mean, as an artist, how do you feel about them? As an artist, it sucks because, you know, it's basically you're just giving your music away for free mm -hmm. um, because they pay you, I don't know what it is, 0. 0.0008 cents of a play or something like right. that. I can't remember what the rate is, but it's it's pathetic. Mm -hmm. And I never see any money from it. So <laughs> that's a bummer. And my uh, mailbox money has dwindled since the age of the internet you know and all that sort of stuff but mm -hmm. that said i as a consumer i love it because yep. i can just i can hear any i don't have to have my records anymore i i can have it mm -hmm. all in, my, in literally in the palm of my hand mm -hmm. ready to get in my ear holes at a, just a few swipes of my thumb right and uh and there's nothing better than that you know as far as the convenience of it it's dynamite um <laughs> But, you know, it's not as it's not the tactile thing of, you know, getting your records out, put them on the turntable and, right. you know, halfway through the record, you got to go flip it over. And that's right. You know, it, all that sort of stuff. There's a romance to that, but it was it's not as cool as as people like to say it is. Right. Oh, there's there's, there's Zeke again. One second. No worries. I need help with my OK, I'll be right there. <laughs> he, you right, want to take we, a little, can we, little pause? Can we pause real quick? Yep. Two more minutes. I'll be right back. Okay. All right. So we talked about Spotify a little bit. What about how do you how do you feel about the music industry as a whole right now? You know, I don't really know. I, music to me is such a complicated mess anymore. You know, I just there's nothing there's nothing about popular music that really appeals to me anymore, which is a mm -hmm. bummer. You know, I used to love it when I would like the new Britney Spears song or whatever, you know, like I love that. And, uh, you know, I haven't heard anything new that's blown my skirt up in so long. And now, like my kid, I have a 20 year old kid as well, mm -hmm. who's uh, who's listening to music that truly I truly hate. <laughs> yeah, ditto. <laughs> ditto. And I love that. I mean, that's 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 the that's the natural order of things you know right. he should be listening to music that i hate right. you know for a while because you know as a younger kid he was listening to the ramones and acdc and motorhead and mm -hmm. the dwarves and zeke and all these bands that i really love and he still likes those bands and and you know they're a part of his musical lexicon or whatever but the, the bands that he's listening to now are like these weird I don't know, there's a kind of a rap sort of a thing, but they're kind of rock as well. I don't really know oh, yeah. what they do. and I don't get it. I don't want to get it. I don't know what it is. I don't like it. It sounds like shit to me. The drums <laughs> right. sound crappy and fake. Everything about it sounds fake and made up. And I just, it doesn't sound like real music to me at all. It sounds like I'm, I'm constantly waiting for this. When's this song going to start? <laughs> right. Like, what right. do you mean? <laughs> it's over. I'm like, oh, I don't even think it ever started. Fucking then there's so, auto tune, which just yeah. Oh, I can't listen to it, man. Just can't do it. Yeah, yeah. Everything about music now, I hate. 
Yeah. And it's, I, I'm supposed to, you know, I'm old. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> right. over, I'm over 50. So I'm supposed to not like this music and it's not made for me. And, you know, I, I get that. And yeah. I, and I'm glad that it, it, that it exists. You know, I'm, I'm happy to see the young people have something that the old parts don't understand, yeah, but it, 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 for me, it's a drag. <laughs> yeah. I mean, every once in a while, there'll be a band like that that I like. Um, like, I love Mind and Self-Indulgence. I, I think they're they're really interesting, or were. I, I don't even know if they're still around. But um, they do that that sort of rap, metal, punk thing altogether. Um, uh, have you heard them at all? No. Oh, okay. So you, you don't really need to. But they they're, they have a couple of really interesting <laughs> songs. Like, one of their, one of their songs... Uh, um, the chorus is i like my copy black just like my metal which i thought was you know cute you know for for a bunch uh -huh. of guys the lead singer's name is jimmy urine you know it's it's one of those sorts of bands but right. yeah there are a couple of interesting things out there um but i i personally am not a hip-hop fan at all i mean i just i don't i don't like it I, I don't know why every once in a while there'll be something i like but it's pretty rare yeah um, i liked hip-hop a lot in the 90s I, I and i still like a lot of ice cube and snoop dogg and dr dre sort of you know classic hip-hop but what hip-hop has become has completely baffled me and i don't understand at all well yeah things like mumble rap which i just i don't understand that at all like i mean what yeah i didn't even know that that was a real thing i thought it was a joke and then like no that's actually a legitimate genre now of, of music right you know, just like yeah, there's too there's too many genres. First of all, there's too many subdivisions and splits and emo and shoegazer and uh, you know all these sort of things. Like right. I have my own notion of what an emo band sounds like, and my kid has a completely different idea of what they sound like. Right. And I'm like, wait, your emo sounds more like goth rock to me, and you know, yep. my emo sounds more like I don't know, jingly jangly, singer songwriter stuff to him. Right. I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, when I think of, of emo, I think of like slow dive, you know, bands like that. Or uh, uh, anyway, th there are a few that I think of when I think of, of emo. Um, yeah, I think of like Elliot Smith or oh yeah, uh, yeah, Sunny Day Real Estate or you know yeah. stuff like that. But I, I didn't like at the time, you know, still never really given any time time with. But uh, you know, it, it seems like it's probably better than what what they're calling emo now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, uh, my kid doesn't have the best taste in music, even though I, I, you know, every phone he's ever had since he was like, you know, six, um, always, I was loaded up with songs, you know, Ramones and dead boys, you know, and all that sort of stuff. And he would pretend he liked it, you know, like, Oh yeah, dad, my favorite band is the Ramones. He didn't like them. Um, <laughs> but just last year, um, I think it was for Christmas. Actually, I got him a, a, a turntable and, and what I like to call my punk rock starter pack of records. And he's like, this is so cool. This is great. <laughs> you know, but I had to get him like public enemy as well, just to like, you know, keep the balance for him. It was right. cute, you know, it, it's, it's, it's really cool to watch your kids get into music, you know, like really, really cool. It is. Um, and my kid's making music now, which is real cool. And he's making actually good music that, you know, I don't find so repulsive. And well, you know, it's di it, it's different than what I would ever make, but it's it's quality, and, and I, I appreciate it. Is, is he going to carry on the the spaghetti moniker, or is he going to uh, go by some of the name? I hope not. That would be terrible. <laughs> That's a terrible terrible idea. So, I, have, okay. I have tons of regrets about about my name and my band's name. I mean, it's if I never want to be taken seriously ever, 
that's the way to do it. Call yourself Eddie Spaghetti in a band called the Super Suckers. <laughs> Guarantee that nobody's going to ever give you the time of day. Right. <laughs> well, it's it's like in, because you guys are kind of kindred spirits, it makes sense. Um, in fact, I think I've seen you two play together, I don't know, at least a dozen times, but the dwarves, right? It's the same sort of thing, right? Although right. different because the dwarves kind of are a funny band, you know, whether right. intentional or not, they're kind of a funny band. Um, but also one of my favorites, right? Oh, me and... too. I, I feel like Blag is one of the most talented geniuses I've ever had the pleasure of working with. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I need to get him on the podcast because um, I'm sure he would be a blast to talk to. He, he's great. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever met him, actually, but uh, maybe. I, I know I saw you and, and the dwarves play multiple times at, at the Crocodile because I was there all mm -hmm. the time, constantly there. Um, yeah lazy weekend afternoons you know sitting in the back bar just like ah, vodka soda and just like yeah this is great um but yeah yeah definitely so um how did you come up with the name eddie eddie spaghetti Where did well that come i from? didn't uh, it was you know made up by the kids in the schoolyard taunting me as a, <laughs> as a young child i think just because it rhymed you know eddie spaghetti nah, 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 nah. right and I, I i hated it forever and then I, I was you know I was into punk rock and uh, somebody of mine was like you already have a punk rock name I'm like what he's like yeah Eddie Spaghetti I'm like I guess you're right I guess I kind of do so I just kind of started loosely using that and then all of a sudden I, it's become who I am that's awesome so you know my last name is Starchman so you can only imagine that's kind of uh, um, Starchy was a bit like just silly 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 names but I think it takes balls to use your childhood name as your, uh, as your stage name. That's uh, right. That's yeah. I mean, it, it's something I took. I took the power of it, you know, and reined it in for myself. But I, I do regret it. I wish I would have been called Eddie Machete. Ooh, that's instead, a good one. You know? That Ooh. that would have been way way tougher. <laughs> yeah. So in doing research for this, I I, uh, I went through and and uh, I just did an Amazon search for Eddie Spaghetti, and uh, you know obviously you know your solo albums came up, a couple of Super Suckers albums came up, and then there's like a bunch of of children's bands that are called either well there's actually an Eddie Spaghetti band um, that that did childhood stuff, and then there's um, uh, Spaghetti Eddie, there are like two or three other bands called you know whatever. So th there's a lot of that out there. Um, yeah, and there's yeah, also it's a, not unique. Yeah, but there's, there's there's a great nursery rhyme. I I, I won't even say it because I'll I'll botch it. But it's only two lines. It's something along the lines of Eddie Spaghetti. Um, something about his eyes. Eddie Spaghetti. You put him in the oven and he makes fries or something along those lines, right? And I was like, Yeah, Eddie Spaghetti with the meatball eyes. That's it. Yeah, put him yeah, in yeah. the oven and make French fries. Yeah. Yeah, I'd never seen or heard of that before, so I was like, Wow, that's. Oh. That's pretty silly. <laughs> well, your name is Glenn. I know so Glenn you, is a bad you've got name. A whole, you've got a whole def different bunch of bullshit attached oh, to yeah. your your uh, your childhood, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. And starchy, starchy and Hutch. Did you ever get that? No, actually, that's a good one. No, 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 no. I didn't. Starchy and Hutch. And I grew up in Northern Idaho. I mean, they were totally into the Starsky and Hutch stuff. So that's a that's a new one. No, it was always Starchy or or uh, no, basically Starchy was was the real one. So I was like, that's just yeah. stupid. But okay, whatever. <laughs> right. Um, so, but you never legally changed your name to Eddie Spaghetti, right? No, no. Okay, good. I did. Good, good, good. Because I know people who have done that sort of stuff, and it's like, why? <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I guess it makes sense. 
you know, if, if it, it's actually become you. Um, well, like Alice Cooper, for example, who, you know, I mean, yeah, he is Alice Cooper, right? You know? Um, right. But that that's a pretty rare thing, you know? Um, you're not, you know, or Nikki Six or, you know, any of those people who have changed their names that, yeah, I mean, that, that's a silly name, man. Like, it, it works right. on, the, on, the, on the album credits. That's cool. But to go through life, <laughs> right. you know, being called that, like, I don't, I don't know if that's really, uh, really so cool. Right. You know? Slash. Yeah, Slash. That's a, did he actually change? I don't know if he did or not, but probably. I don't know. Probably, but who knows? He, it's probably just Slash, like Share, right? Like, yeah. One, name on the, one word. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So let's talk about touring a little bit because um, you guys tour a lot. I mean, a lot, a lot. Um, like I said, I, I swear to God, you guys were basically the, you know, the house band of the crocodile for, you know, a number of years. Um, and that may not be the case, but that's just how I remember it. Right. Like, it right. seems like you, every other weekend, you know, there was a super suckers either headlining or, or opening for somebody else, like constantly. Um, do you take your family on the road with you? Um, I have. I, we don't always, when the kids started school, we had to kind of rein that into a degree. Mm -hmm. um, but we, uh, we've attempted to bring them out as, as often as possible and just try to keep in, keep in close contact as, as is possible with that sort of, but, you know, we've always been like, you know, a shark, we had to keep swimming to survive. So right. You know, the touring was a, as a, was a necessity as much as, as a pleasure. Mm -hmm. um, luckily, it's enjoyable for me and I enjoy doing it. But um, it's a lot of work for sure, especially the way yeah. we travel. You know, we don't we don't have a big crew of people around us. You know, we have actually zero crew now. It's wow. literally just three guys now um, loading our own gear, you know, tuning our own guitars selling our own merch and and uh doing everything ourselves so it's a it is a lot of work are, are you going to add another uh, an, another god i can't talk today another fourth member at some point or are you just going to stick with a as a three-piece i don't know i mean we're not ruling it out but if the right guy were to come along we would certainly enjoy having him along but uh you know it's we're not seeking somebody out we don't need right. another guy yeah. So uh, you know, it's because our our current guitar player Marty Chandler is so good. Yes, uh, that he's able to cover all the the, the necessary sonic bases um, to where we're, I don't feel like we're missing anything live. Right. If we did get a fourth guy, I would I would probably go for like maybe a a utility guy, like a guy who could play keyboards and guitar. Oh, there and, you go maybe play uh, some sort of horn of some sort. You know, oh, like you a. Go. A jack of all trades kind of guy. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I do remember seeing. Uh, does, I don't know if he still goes by the the moniker Metal Marty or not, but I remember seeing him quite frequently at, at the the good old Crocodile in you know mid nineties, yeah. I would guess, early to mid nineties. For so sure, yeah, he was a he was a staple of the scene. He's been around for a long time, Metal Marty, and he still does go by Metal Marty. Yes, does he? Okay, it's a great. You know, I mean, speaking of nicknames, that, that's a pretty good one. You know, yeah, that's a good um, one. Actually, all of you guys have had decent nicknames throughout the years, so. Um, and I like Eddie Spaghetti, by the way. I just, because it kind of fits in a weird way. It does. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense for me, and I, I have become Eddie Spaghetti for sure. And I'm, I'm cool with it, but it has been a, you know, a, a, a source of, uh, I don't know, uh, 
disrespect, I suppose. You know, it, it's easy to write a guy off whose name is Eddie Spaghetti and not That's take true. him seriously as a uh, guy who writes real songs or, you know, and I feel like, you know, our art is like the dwarves, you know, because we don't always sing about something so serious. Like, well, sometimes we're singing about something that's, you know, not necessarily, it's not Weird Al Yankovic jokey, but it, it you know, there's like, there's a humor to it. Definitely. And I always, I always feel like, you know, the humorist does not get credit. Uh, the, you know, Caddyshack didn't win any Academy Awards. Right. Uh, but how many times have you fucking seen Caddyshack? You know, a million. And, you know, right. The Godfather wins all the awards. How many senior, How many times have you seen The Godfather? A couple, right. maybe three. Well, it's know, so but, fucking long for one. Like, Right. But, you know, I mean, it's like, as far as like revisitability, you know, mm -hmm. I'm going with the comedy movie every time. Definitely. And I, it doesn't have to be that, you know, quality art piece or whatever that everybody thinks of as, you know, worthy of winning the Academy Award. I'll watch mm -hmm. Tommy Boy a hundred times before <laughs> i'll watch fucking nomad land again you know or whatever right yeah <laughs> so. I, i'm totally there with you uh, although recently <laughs> i've been watching a lot of space movies just like i don't know just weird um you know some some uh legal marijuana in a space movie and just like yeah sure <laughs> sounds good you know good way to kill a few hours um, yeah and i just recently started smoking weed too i i didn't like it up until a couple of years ago and i was like mm. oh yeah yeah, it was weird. It was never really my drug. I just, I don't know. I like. I just recently, I just recently stopped, and uh, I, I loved pot. I felt like mm -hmm. marijuana made everything I already enjoy that much more enjoyable. Like it made mm -hmm. movies better. It made food taste better. It made music sound better. Mm -hmm. It made everything. All these things I already liked made them better. Sleep. Oh, sleep sleeping, awesome. and it, it makes it makes me even sleepier. So yep. <laughs> I like that too. Uh, yeah. yeah, I have a hard time sleeping, so it's it's um it's really nice just to and I primarily do edibles, you know, and I'll do like you know a, a half a cookie or a cookie or something like that, you know, so a decent amount. But I never stay awake to actually feel the entire effects. I like to take it and then go to sleep because then right. you know, great dreams, and I wake up and I'm a little bit groggy, but not a hangover groggy. It's just kind of like oh. Do I really have to wake up? <laughs> do I really have to do, do something today like like that? Right. Um, but you've been sober for what a, a year now, right? Give or take. Yeah, yeah, a little over a year. Congrats, man! Congrats. Hmm. Um, speaking of that, I, I had dinner with our mutual friend Jason last week, um, and he looks fantastic, by the way. Despite oh, good. Going, yeah, he looks really. He, he's lost like seventy pounds, man. He wow. looks really good, like really good. Um, and I just. I told him I'd say hi on here. So hi from Jason. Oh, yeah. Hey, Jason. <laughs> he's, he's such a nice guy, you know, such a nice guy. Yeah, he's a good um, guy. And in fact, you had his uh, fuck Trump shirts, right? You, you, I do. You, you took some, yeah. some heat for that, didn't you? When you, when you did that I video? did. Yeah. A lot of heat, which is, you know, I mean, it's is it real heat if it's just people on the internet? I, I don't really know if that, nah, it's not. If, I, if, I, if I count that, like my wife and I were talking about that the other day, how, you know, if somebody's giving you shit on the internet, like it's like the tree falling in the forest. Is it real? You know, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Or are the people I don't really real. Take that seriously. You know? Right. Exactly. Um, I tried to get him. Oh, that's fine. One yep. second. So, um, I actually, um, 
funded, I guess, uh, uh, printings of, of the, the Trump as a cunt shirts that he, that he did too. Oh and yeah, was, those are good. Yeah, I still have a couple. Like, I don't know if you've got one or not, but um, I think he sold out. I think I still have a couple left around. So if you want one, let me know. I'm happy to send one. Uh, I think I'll have <laughs> yeah. an extra large long sleeve, but other than that, um, you're welcome to him if you want one. Um, I was trying to get him to, to have you wear one of those, and he's like, he's not going to wear that. Like, that, that'll be way too controversial. Um, <laughs> I wear mine all the time. Um, yeah, I mean, so, he, even though he's not the president anymore, he's still a cunt. Oh, absolutely. No, there's no doubt. That, that doesn't go away, <laughs> right? No. Um, he so, carry that with him all the way. Funny story about that, that shirt. So when I first had them printed up, um, I was at the five point one day, and it was like early, early afternoon. And I was sitting outside having a cigarette and I realized, you know, the shirt I have on is the Trump is a cunt shirt, right? It was summer, so I didn't have anything over it or anything. And it happened to be the women's march that goes right by the five point. And here I am with this shirt that says, you know, cunt on it, like huge. Well, first of all, it says Trump and people focus on that and they get mad at you. And then they see the cunt and they're like, oh my God. She isn't so. agreeing that we could be done. She's not agreeing? No. Well, I think you can be. Don't worry about it. That's cute. Um, so I, I got a little bit paranoid. I'm like, okay, well, the, you know, we've got a bunch of women walking by, and here I am with a shirt with, you know, cunt really large on it. And everyone loved it. Everyone. They, like, stopped the march, and they come over, where did you get that shirt? Where can I get one? <laughs> like, it was... Right. So you never know. You know, sometimes uh, um, PC doesn't work quite the way you think it is going to. Right. I mean, and your support, you know, you're going to be supported in person. The people who have negative things to say are just going to keep on walking. They're not going to stop and type up a whole diatribe to you, right? And you know, write you a note and give it, slip it to you on the table. You know, that would be too real of a interaction for them to have. You know, it's easy for someone to sit there at their computer and go, "No, you're an asshole because right. good or good or good," you know. And especially if they're using some you know nom de plume or whatever you know on the internet, like you know, idiot six 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 or whatever you know, was responding. Right. Like, I mean, who cares? Right. Right. But sometimes I'm interested in like, who is that person actually? You know, like, is it some famous person who's like going under a, you know, some, some, you know, synonym so that they, you know, can get away with shit. Like you never know. And that, that's where it becomes really I, interesting. I guarantee if they're giving me shit online, they're not famous. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Willie sitting there with his Twitter, like, Hey, <laughs> right. Let's fuck with Eddie. I can see that. Um, One time I was at a I was at a bar, and I had just got Willie Nelson's uh, phone in my cell phone. I got his phone number. This is a long time ago, back in early two thousands. Um, and uh, I was showing off at the bar. I'm like, check it out! I got Willie's phone number, man. They're like, oh yeah, call him, call him. So I call him up. Fucker answers his phone. Oh, that's incredible. He's like, hello. I'm like, uh, <laughs> Willie. He's like, yeah. Oh shit! <laughs> I had to, I had to come clean and tell him I was just showing off to people in the bar, and you know, it's like, look, I got Willie's phone number. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I had a situation kind of like that where I had somebody's number in my phone, and and same thing, kind of showing off. And what I didn't count on is that somebody right right next to me, who I didn't even know, saw the number and wrote it down. Oh, and then they started calling. <laughs> Um, so I had to had to do basically the same thing the mea culpa like uh, dude I fucked up I'm sorry <laughs> you know like I, whatever <laughs> right. and then I deleted the number out of my phone so I, I wouldn't be tempted to do that again you know, I just wrote <laughs> it down somewhere um, 
So let's let's get back to your sobriety just for a minute, because this is a really fascinating thing. And and um, I would say probably at least half of the people that I've I've interviewed musicians. Again, it's called curmudgeon chat. So I mean, you know, I'm I'm fifty or almost fifty, um, and most of the people I interview are right around the you know that age and you know a little bit older. Um, but the trend is definitely, I would say, probably about fifty some percent um, are you know these musicians who have have gone sober, you know, and usually fairly recently, you know, within the last couple of years. Uh-huh. Um, did you have a primary motivation for that, or is it just you were done, like it was just time? Yeah, it was just time for me. I mean, I, you know, my motivation was just to stop being an asshole, you know, and uh, <laughs> right. try, try to be a, a good guy for a, you know, a, a stretch of time. And uh, uh, yeah, I just felt like, you know, I, I had enough drinks, you know, I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, when you're when you start drinking your allotted X amount of drinks, and I rifled through mine already. So, you know, I, I just kind of I, I feel like I finished, I yeah. finished my drinks. And um, and so far, it's you know it hasn't been an issue. I I, I, I am a little nervous about getting back on tour because yeah. I I got sober in COVID times. Right. You know it was it was May of last year when I did it. It's May now. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, it was a it's it's you know it still feels like you know now I'm I'm around a you know, thing that I can control. When I get back out on tour, there's going to be a lot of you know, there's going to be a lot of Pavlov moments, first of all, mm-hmm. where I'm just used to having this is this is beer time after sound check and before the right. show. And this is where I have six to eight beers. Right. And people and, buying uh, you drinks and stuff like it, you know. Yeah. And people have always done that. And I've, you know, I've, I've never been like a real kind of shots kind of guy. I've always just kind mm-hmm. of been a beer drinker. But, you know, that was something that had changed in the, in the couple of years leading up to me getting sober as I started drinking hard alcohol. And that that's it started to get a little sloppy because it was just you know it's it affects you so much more strongly. It does. And um, so you know I just decided to pull the plug on it. And uh, good for you. I, I I feel better. I feel I've definitely been a better uh, presence for my kids and uh, mm-hmm. just uh, you know I'm not I'm not an asshole right now. So. Although I kind of miss being an asshole sometimes. <laughs> right. Well, so th- that will be an interesting it's an thing. It's an important part of my personality. Well, definitely. But one, one thing that would be interesting or will be interesting is um, the the persona that you have on stage, if that's going to change or not. Right. And it probably won't. But that's one thing that I personally would be kind of a little bit freaked out about, you know, if it was me. Because if right. you're used to always playing when you're, you know, tipsy, let's say. Um, or, or downright just, you know, drunk, um, you know, that, that's, that's going to be a scary thing to, oh my God, that dog is adorable. Yeah. He's a good guy. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like I'll always enjoy singing about, you know, the, the pleasures of decadence and, and, you know, all the, all the things that you're not supposed to do. I feel like that's what rock and roll is in a way, you know, it should be, you should be singing about stuff that you shouldn't be doing or, you know, the, the more, I don't know, lugubrious side of life. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I dare you I, to put that word as... in a lyric. <laughs> okay. Do it. That would I'll be great. Shot. <laughs> um, but, uh, I, I just, I always felt like, you know, that's, that's an important element to what makes rock and roll music good and fun for mm-hmm. me is, you know, when somebody's singing about that sort of vibe, um, I don't intend to stop that, but I don't have to live it. You know, I'll, right. I sing songs, lots of songs I've, I've made up are just, purely works of fiction 
And they're, they're actually my favorite ones to continue singing over the years. You know, mm -hmm. like when I sing a song called Mudhead, it's right. literally about a guy who has mud in his head. You know, so there's no, <laughs> right. there's no story behind it other than these are cool words that sound cool in a rock song. Right. You know, and I have a lot of songs that are about real things that really happen. Mm -hmm. And those songs I tend to enjoy less and less over time because then I'm always left with the memory of the shitty thing that led me to make that song up. So, oh, that's valid. you know, yeah. it's, it, it's a, you know, it's a, for me, the, the more fun things to sing are the, the dumb ones, the, the, mm -hmm. the songs about nothing, the silly, goofy song, the creepy jackalope eye, the more yeah. with a tail, the, you know, the, the mud heads, the, yeah. the, the coattail riders, you know, all these, you know, songs that are just kind of fun, goofy songs about nothing, really, nothing important anyway. Yeah. You know, just as long as the words are good and, and cleverly put together, I'm, I'm good with it. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, I can imagine that that's true because like if, if I had to sing like Breaking Honey's Heart on stage, I would probably be sobbing. You know, like exactly. That's just... You know, I feel like I, I write this great song, you know, it's about and for somebody. But, you know, what is that person going to get out of that song at the end of the day? They're going to have to remember that, that shitty situation that led me to write that mm -hmm. song. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. It's, a, it's a touchy it's a touchy thing because there's a lot of power in those sort of true story songs, for sure. Like a song like Marie that i made up it's it's about uh our old singer who died from heroin mm -hmm. you know so i you know, every time i sing that song i have to think a little bit about that situation right and you know it's it's not always not always a pleasant thing to to go through yeah i was i was going through my first divorce actually when uh um the album that, that breaking honey his heart is on and i can't think of the name of it for the life of me um and i've got it sitting right over there but anyway um <laughs> that entire, there, there you go thank you um, that entire album was just like, oh my God, do I really want to listen to this? You know, because of what I was going through and, and I would listen to it and then I'd cry and then I'd be like, oh, time to listen to it again. Okay, and then cry, listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> right. it, was, it was very cathartic, I guess, you know? Right, yeah. I mean, there was a, that, that's why you do it. That's why you make those kind of songs up. Right. But um, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a double-edged sword for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I do have to say this, Eddie. I was, I was really happy that songs like Paid were on there as well because they kind of broke up that emotional roller coaster thing because i'm like oh okay here's a fun song right like, right yeah not... there's like i like it all man you know, yeah i love that song too. yeah that's a great album um I, we're, we're gonna wrap up here fairly soon but um i got a, a couple of 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 questions and and one has to do with um you as a band you guys kind of vacillate between country and rock and then a mixture of country and rock and and you know even like your cover of the outcast song was was i liked it and then my kid said you know that's an outcast song you know because i had said i <laughs> fucking hate outcast right there's just there are no talent fuck-ups you know or whatever and i listened right. to your cover and i was like i really like this song right so it was a total hypocrite you know it's like yeah okay i guess the lyrics are good you know that you know and your your rendition is phenomenal um right but I, the question is about some of your covers, right? So obviously, What Love Is is, is my favorite cover because I'm a huge Dead Boys fan. Um, but how do you pick your covers? Like, I mean, is it just something you... Like, hey, I really like this song. Like, what's the process in that? I feel like more often than not, they wind up kind of picking me, you know? Like, I just... I'll be... A lot of times, I'll be sitting around with a guitar and a song will come on the radio and I'll happen to learn it or... 
Um, you know, like that's how a lot of the earlier ones came like our, our cover of Burn It Up by Madonna. Mm-hmm. I was sitting in front of the TV and MTV came on and that, that song came on. I learned it. I was like, oh, that's actually kind of a cool rock song. We should we should do that. You know, and, and I like to do, uh, you know, I like to take songs like that, like Outcast and mm-hmm. um, uh, Eastbound and Down and, and just, you know, kind of make it known how what a rock song these things actually are you know like i would try to expose the rock and roll in something mm-hmm. and uh that's always kind of my goal is just to you know be a rocker rocking out all the rocking time yeah. I, I your cover of ceylon is actually phenomenal because that was a song i hated as a kid like every time we come on the radio i'd be like this song sucks it was like you know the yacht rock stuff you know like the christopher cross sort of stuff it was like oh gross right Right. But the, your cover is incredible. Like, I mean, I, I listen yeah, that's to that a good one. crank it up and I sing along at, you know, at, you know, full volume, like all the time, you know, right. it comes on. I'm like, Hey, shut the door, turn on, you know, turn up the music as loud as I can and sing along. That's um, cool. Yeah. And that's, it is cool that, you, that you're able to do that, right. To take these songs and, and you, you don't dramatically change the structure. It's just enough that, you know, it's, it's obviously super suckers. Right. And that, that's a thing of beauty. You know, a lot of people will, right. will just completely fuck up a song when they do a cover just because they don't want it right. to sound like the original at all. Um, or worse, they make it sound exactly like the original. Right. In which case, there's no point. Yeah. We have, a, I have this new project I just finished uh, recording with this buddy of mine. His name is Frank Meyer and he plays in this band called the Streetwalking Cheetahs. I love that. And uh, yeah. him and I made this record together recently and we do a couple covers on it. And one of them is uh, My Sharona. Mm. which is a maybe my favorite song of all time so it was real wow. daunting that to uh to tackle it and you know make it you know we, we kind of did a pretty straight version of it but it's you know it sounds new it sounds like mm-hmm. me and, and it's and it's fresh and uh, it, it is sort of a challenge to to uh you know when you really like a song to do it justice when you don't really care about the song so much like that outcast song i like that song but it wasn't something that was like I felt like it wasn't a part of my DNA, like my Sharona right. is, you know. Right. So uh, it, was, it was a lot easier to to uh, address that when you know when it's something that's you know like an ACDC song. You want to do it just like ACDC, but right. you, know, you can't. So you have to find another way, you know. And it's a it's an interesting dilemma, the cover song for sure. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Do you do you reach out directly to to the people you do covers of, or you just you let ASCAP handle that for you. No, it's, it's easier to ask forgiveness than permission. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. You know, and, and to be honest, it's a good problem to have if somebody reaches out to you because that means you're getting penetration and like, hey, okay, great. For, for, for sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Eddie, I'm, I'm going to start wrapping this up a little bit here. Um, but Yeah, I'm going to have to go pretty soon. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Um, oh, my God, it's almost 2.30. Okay. Um, what was I going to ask? Oh, I'm going to ask two questions that I ask everyone just because and, and every, nobody likes these questions. So, you know, that's why I save them for the end. Um, what, and asking of a musician, and this one's hard, what is your favorite band? What do you, I'm sorry, l- let's rephrase this, right? When you're, when you're reaching for creativity, right? Like you need something to like boost your creativity, you know, you're, you're writing a song and you get mental block or writer's block or whatever what what do you like to listen to like what what is your your happy music 
Uh, it depends. You know, a lot of times I'll find something in another song that I'll, I'll want to analyze. Like it'll mm -hmm. just be like a one-off song. Like the other day I was listening to some sort of Bob Dylan something or other. And he mm -hmm. had like this chord progression that I really liked. And I was like, I wonder what that is. So I would sit down and I'd learn it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, turn that into my own sort of thing. So it's, you know, there's no real specific thing. You know, as far as my favorite band, um, I, it's hard to say. You know, it's either it's ACDC or Motorhead or the Ramones mm -hmm. probably are like my all-time favorites. But, you know, I like the Dwarves a lot. I like mm -hmm. Zeke a lot. I like, you know, there's like all these other little, you know, what I would consider baby bands that I feel like are as good as these you know, legends of the industry. For every Rolling Stones, there's a uh, Zen Gorilla. You know, there's yep. a there's a band that nobody's heard that's just as good. Yep, and Zeke is criminally underrated, in, in my opinion. Oh my God, no doubt. I mean, you know, I, I've is. never actually owned a Zeke album, and I should. But every time I see them live, I'm like, oh my God, these guys are so tight. I mean, like so tight. Yeah. You know, I I don't understand why they. You know, haven't you should changed. you should definitely own several Zeke albums. Yeah, <laughs> they're uh, almost all good. Yeah, no, I'm I, I and you know what? I'm going to go on a, on a vinyl buying spree here very soon. So I will definitely do some. I, I actually only have two Super Suckers LPs right now too. So I gotta gotta get into that. Um, well, we just reissued a couple, so they're they're available. I I, I just the the Black Super Suckers and uh, um, Motherfuckers be tripping. Those are the two that I own right now. Um, and I think just because they had just been re-released, so I was like, oh, grab them. You know? Right. And Reptilian did an awesome job, I think, so. Yeah, they're doing a good job. Yeah, I actually have that sticker on the back of my laptop just because it's cute. They're cool. <laughs> um, okay, so one last, one last question. Um, what is something about Eddie Spaghetti that, that people probably don't know? What's something just, like, you know, unique about you? Uh, I, don't, I like to play tennis. Really? Okay. Now that yeah. I wouldn't have picked. I'm, a, I'm actually going to go play tennis in about a half hour right now with my nice. kids. That's awesome, so, um, man. I, I'm also like a pretty into playing chess. Wow. So, okay, yeah, those two things go. I would not have picked. <laughs> there you go. And you're, you're a renaissance man, man. You, you help your kid with math homework and, you know, you play <laughs> chess and tennis and... And luckily his math is so he's, you know, he's just in third grade. So it's math I can still handle, but you know, next year I'm going to be out. I, I'm not, I suck at math. I can only count to four in, in increments <laughs> of four. That's all you need. Like one, two, three, four. Right. I mean, that's exactly like, over and over again. One, two, um, three, four, one, two, three, four. Plus the kids nowadays learn that, that new math, which I just do not understand at all. Yeah, right. It, it takes longer to do it that way. But anyway, my my daughter's doing math and she's 11 so she's ahead of my math skills but he's he's only eight so uh yeah that's fun that's fun eddie man i i really appreciate your time on this this is this is fun um and you know to anybody listening listen to super suckers they fucking rock greatest rock and roll band in the world right that's right that's right rock and roll man hey if you don't mind staying just for one second and uh everyone else bye